We are the creators of reality. Those who have mastered perseverance, those who thrive despite attempts to thwart us, those who make magic at the root of the very trees they hung us from. We are the mountains and the rivers. We are the sun and the moon. We are sand and gems. We are the first and the final. We be big and small. We be light and dark. We be seasoned and youthful. We be sensual and sacred. Those gifted and divine. Those powerful and radical. Those vibrant and ancestral. We are the creators of reality. We are the Black Oasis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Kaya Supreme, and this is the place where we lay it all down. Today's guest, as you can see, is stunning. But if you look behind her, you're going to see that that wall of of certification. Yes, ladies, gentlemen, non-gender conforming friends, we have among us the doctor. The doctor, okay? We have... One of them, we, okay, my introductions can be a little elaborate, but you're worth it because when I first encountered you, because we didn't meet in person, we met virtually at first, but your clarity about who you were was the first thing that I picked up on. And I was just like, this person is confident, fierce, comfortable with themselves, always willing to help and advise others, so nurturing, hilarious, a vibe, a vibe. And then on top of that, a genius. Like you got the nerve to be brilliant. Come on. Thank you. I appreciate that. You are, you are stunning. You are ebullient. That's one of my favorite words. You are so charismatic and divine and it is so Wonderful, such an honor to have the Dr. J. You thought you knew, but you didn't know. We got Dr. J in the house, y'all. Hello, hello, hello. So wonderful be to be amongst this August body. <laughs> yes, August. Yes, August body. Illustrious body. I, I just I just saw a post that was like so y'all gonna be showing off them home bodies this summer. <laughs> Sure will. And will. And will. <laughs> and will. Um, but please can I, say, I can't say bad words on here, Kelly. Um, let's try not to. Okay, I won't say bad. Okay. Because <laughs> the two. Okay, because the two words I was gonna say they rhyme, but I wait till later. <laughs> I mean, if it if it, the spirit moves you, you know, be free. Okay. But please just tell. The viewers, who you be, a little bit about you, a little background. Sure, sure. Well, my name is Jasmine Agnew. I was born in rural Mississippi, ball in Mississippi, population 3,500. My last name is Agnew. The funeral home in town is Agnew and Sons. The pastor of the largest church in town was pastored by Agnew. The police chief is Agnew. Uh, and my daddy, of course, is Agnew. There were four Agnew brothers and an Agnew sister, and four Davis sisters and a Davis brother. They all married. Some double kin to everybody in Baltimore, Mississippi. <laughs> Let you know, I'm from the country. I'm a country girl for real. Um, 
educated in Mississippi at a woman community college, uh, left there, went to the University of Alabama, Birmingham, then went to got, got my master's University of Tennessee, then went to seminary and got a degree in practical theology from Regent School of Divinity, and then got my doctorate in health professions education. So I'm very active on the ecumenical side because I still teach the people in, in the church, especially the young people that think they want to get into ministry. And I want to tell them, welcome to death row. But yeah, so I teach them and then I teach people in healthcare education. Um, have been active in a lot of the social uh, activities and organizations in the community, mm-hmm. written three books, done a podcast. I've done, I've done, done a couple things. A lot of little entrepreneurial things going Just on. A few little here. entrepreneurial things. I do mm-hmm. own business. Mm-hmm. Agnew Davis and Sedell. Um, mm-hmm. Agnew is my name. Davis is my paternal grandmother's maiden name and Sedell is my maternal grandmother's maiden name my paternal grandmother said baby you can be anything that you want to be um and i and i believe you and i pray for you and then my maternal grandmother said you know fool right here got a baby you done embarrassed our whole family you ain't gonna do nothing <laughs> so i just wanted to prove both of them one of them right and the other one wrong so that's mm-hmm. why i named my business after them yeah oh. Listen, because inspiration can come in all forms and fashion. All okay? forms. Listen. All forms. It was like that day when she said it. I was like, I'm <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> prove you wrong. And right. I think and I you know, I thank the most high every day that I was able to. So yeah, great experience. And just the thing, you just slid that in there. I was um interviewing another sister. This this idea, I'm just stuck on this th- this beautiful thing of women. Mothers, 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 who are defying the stigmas that come along with having a child and literally bossing up in whatever industry they might be in. You know what I mean? So, right. like, why don't you just kind of talk to us about that, that, that path, that, that journey, that story? Um, because your son looked just like you, but you know, full right. of testosterone. Copy like paste. God. Um, well, my story is this. I grew up, like I said, in Baldwin, Mississippi. Um, the in the industry there was textiles and meat processing. But my mother had a doctorate. She taught at the college. My pat my dad was a pastor. He worked at the church. He did do some work in some of the factories, but in most of them he was like a foreman or something. So that in itself I really um, was among that group that wasn't black enough for the mm-hmm. black girls. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't really have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but what my friends did not know is that I love them dope boys. <laughs> so I used to skip tennis practice and go holler at the dope boy. <laughs> that's how I ended up with my son. And so, re- <laughs> so really, my actions uh, kind of changed the narrative. Mm-hmm. Because my initial plan was that after I got out of school, don't let don't judge me. I got out of school. I was going to go down to Mississippi State and I was going to major in agribusiness with a minor in animal husbandry. And I was going to go to law school so that I could be an attorney and represent black farmers in Mississippi. And of course, my days skipping tennis practice to go see this light skinned man kind of changed things. <laughs> um but it was almost as if, of course, with the words of my grandmother, they said, oh, my God, you've embarrassed this family. Like, which, you know, you ain't going to bring nothing but shame to this family. It was just like there was something that clicked that said, 
You're absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I was determined to do the best I could to give my son a better life. And it wasn't just about the money. It wasn't, it wasn't just about me, the jobs. It was about me teaching him. I can't teach you how to be a man, but I can teach you how to be a good person. And I can surround you by positive energy so that you can grow up and be the best, be your best self, which he has done. Now, has it been easy? No. Because that <laughs> child, we talking police chases, sex tapes, fight, drugs, set, selling drugs, all kind of stuff. But now he's a budding actor. He has um, one just kind of casting show that he did a couple weeks ago that I mm -hmm. shared with you guys. Mm -hmm. um, and now there's a, a, a guy that's doing an independent project, and he got one of the lead roles. And so he will start filming in June. So, you know, it's just funny how things start. It's not about how, how you start. It's how you land. We've yep. landed well. Yep. You know? um, but my path, I was focused on giving that boy a better life. Um, I grew up in a house where money wasn't an issue, mm -hmm. but emotional support definitely was. Mm -hmm. When I needed money, I called my mama. When mm -hmm. I needed prayers and positive energy and good juju, I called my daddy. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be both for him. Mm -hmm. He took advantage of that money part, though. But yes, <laughs> I, wanted to be, I wanted to be both for him. You know, um, it's kind of like, you know, you can go to the cookout and you could get, you know, your auntie's mac and cheese, and then you can go to the potluck and you can get the craft. And I feel like, you know, life experiences, however you choose to categorize them, negative, positive, challenging, or opportunities, whatever, that's the seasoning, okay? I, mm -hmm. if, if, if anyone listens to this podcast, you know that I've talked about crashing my daddy's car to the carryout. I've talked about, <laughs> I've talked about being in a, a high-speed chase and a car flipped over three times. So you're not the only one who love the dope boys, baby. That is, you are not the only Ooh, one. Honey. But it's something, you know, because that's the, that's the little Lowry's, you know, that's the Tony's, you know. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I have delivered myself of that spirit, I believe. But they smell like Hennessy, <laughs> Black and Miles, and Bad Decisions. I loved them. I loved them. Gosh. <laughs> I was crazy about them up until probably two years ago. <laughs> I take you. Oh, but it was so much fun because you was a teenager. You was a child. You know, you no, know, I was 38 the last time I had a dope boy. What you know, I actually I was 40 because it was last summer. I'm talking about at, at, at the time. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, cause, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, because that's, you know, we had no responsibilities. We just trying to have some fun. So yes. that's definitely fun. But mm -hmm. um, to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Yes, and whole right. and happy. So it wasn't nothing for Saturday. We played Tila. Show sure enough, that was my theme song, and then sang "I'll Fly Away" on Sunday for sure. <laughs> and so you live in Alabama now. You know my family's from Alabama. Mm -hmm. And um, would you ever consider moving to the north? No. Why not? Mm -mm. North, north, the North America where it's cold. No, I worked up in Wisconsin for about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh uh. Mm -mm. It's cold up there. It is cold. And there's a lack of diversity. I ain't going up there. Okay. In Wisconsin, yeah, absolutely. Dairy. Yeah. Illinois, you know, I went to school in St. Louis. St. Louis is okay. But no, I'm a, I'm a Southern girl. I'm a, I'm a country girl. I don't care how many plaques on this wall. When I go home, I go and put on my mud boots and track that eight acres of land that I own in, in the South. So 
No, I ain't going yeah. there. So you you are currently work in higher education, mm-hmm. and um, you are a health informatics whiz, mm. and and so you know working at uh, MSM was like my first little like taste of like in depth healthcare world. You know I'm a creative. You know this is not my yes. bag, but now I yes. see the bag, and I'm like, how did you? find out about this and what got you to this place academically like I mean I know you're just gifted but um you also work you're really consistent and disciplined but but just tell us how you kind of got into that field okay so for uh, when I finished high school and of course I was pregnant went into health information management health information management is the non-patient part non-facing patient part of healthcare. That means I can work with your records. I can work with all the technical systems, but I don't have to deal with you. I can deal with your money and your documentation. Um, I went, I finished that degree, got my certification and worked for many years, working not only in like the financial part, but also in the system development part. Um, I won't, I didn't think that I was going to go back to school until my mentor who was, well, she's my mentor now, but at the time I interviewed with her, I knew I had that job. She told me no. And I said, why would you tell me? No, she said, you need to go back to school. Oh, okay. I went on. I had another interview with another lady that is now one of my mentors and very dear friends. Interviewed for this job. She told me no. Why you tell me no? Because you need to go back to school. Okay. So when my son went to kindergarten, I went back to school. Um, Finished my undergrad. I finished my undergrad in that May and that August, I started my graduate program. I finished that graduate program the next December. When I finished that, that January, I went back to seminary. Education can change your trajectory. I knew that personally. I was still working in the industry. And I saw people that I was training. I was in training in curriculum development for uh, EHR implementation. I saw people that were already out of school or either didn't go to school, but they had on-the-job training that were learning new processes to be functional in their department. It just it was like it, it, it woke up a love for me, for people that were just like me, and I knew that I needed to be in education to reach them. There are some other women who were going through similar situations. It might not have been a dope dealer, but it might have been your boyfriend or whoever mm-hmm. you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Now you got a baby. You're trying to figure out how to take care of him. Or you went, you were like me, married to a man. The marriage didn't work. You're trying to juggle dealing with a baby, going through a divorce. Then, you know, there was so many groups that I could identify with, but there was one thing that was consistent. I always could find people in each group that needed someone to mentor them and help them to and encourage them to go get their education. So that was what kind of got me into higher education. I started out part time at a university. Um and ended up staying, moving into a full-time position and staying at the university for seven years. And one of the key things that I did, I reached out to people that looked like me or people that were in the underserved communities, vulnerable communities, single mamas, you know, people that had been on drugs that were in rehab, people that had lost their job, people who wanted to leave the tech, leave the textile or the, the factories and go into, go into healthcare. I wanted to be an inspiration to every one of them. Um, I did that on associate degree level, bachelor's degree level, and now master's degree level. So I got here because that desire to be a program director 
transformed into me wanting to help people that look like me mm-hmm. and wanted to be able to serve the underserved and to tell them, hey, it's our, we can diversify this workforce. We just have to be prepared. And we have to be more prepared than uh, other people, if you know what I mean. And going through getting your master's degree, getting these certifications, getting this training, these internships, that is what's going to make you the creme de la creme. That's going to make you the people that they're going to call on. So I want to be a part of that. So that's how I ended up here. And that's how I ended up in higher education. Higher education can change your entire trajectory. Your life will change through the power of education. I believe that. Through pathways. Mindset, opportunities. Um, yeah. you know, I think human beings are like Easter eggs. Whatever color, whatever environment you sit that egg in, it's going to take on the mm-hmm. colors of the environment. And um, it has definitely changed my life. Um, yeah. So kudos to you. Kudos yeah. to you. So how do you I make- stayed, Like my grandmama said, I could have stayed in Baltimore, Mississippi and worked there while, at McDonald's. Nothing wrong with working at McDonald's. But education was important for me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, how how do you manage self care in the throes of the millions of things that you do as a high woman? I have learned how to say no, even when I really want to say yes. Um, I've learned how to put that phone on do not disturb mm-hmm. and just take care of me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a long time where I had a very high level, top level understanding of what self care was. Hey, I can go get my feet done, go get my nails done, get a massage. I'll be fine. And I was, and I would be so engulfed in what I was doing that even while I was getting my nails done, I'm on the phone, texting, checking emails. I'm at the massage parlor. I'm like, hurry up with this 60 minutes. Cause I got to get back to work. I have learned to really just take some time for me because, um, in 2020 was when I kind of learned that lesson. Mm-hmm. I spent two months in the hospital mm-hmm. while I was in the hospital. I took my laptop with me. There were mornings. I had a Hickman cath in my neck. I've got a picture of it. Um, I would put on a scarf, teach my class. And by the time that I had taught that class, I would be so weak. I would have to take that off. And then they would hook me back up to the blood transfusion machine, the plasma exchange machine, because I thought that work, that was more important. But they kept going. Me being sick didn't matter. You know, hey, we hope you feel better. They were still putting me on the, on there for meetings. There were still days. We know you're sick, but can you hop on for just a minute? And that was when I learned firsthand that I've got to choose me. I've got to take care of me. I've got to have some days to where I can recenter, where I can take some time to clear my mind of everything that has me frustrated and i have a new thing that says i will not be bound by any nouns no person place or thing is going to keep me bound so that i can't flourish i'm not i'm not doing it anymore so um there are times when i'm here but i ain't here like i'm <laughs> but I checked all the way out checked out of your place and checked into mine because you, you just have to take care of you um mentally we have to be a, we have to be clear spiritually. We have to be connected emotionally. We have to be consistent. We have some things that we have to do for us that are more important than what we have to do to get that check. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, you mentioned being, um, going to sem- seminary hmm. and being in a pool pit. Hmm. For and, um, I just see a lot of, 
um, self-care. And I'm going to say this first. We know that religion and spirituality are two totally different things. For sure. That's why I live faster. (laughs) But in order to really prioritize oneself, you have to have a spiritual foundation. Absolutely. And and so, like you you said, Mississippi, rural Mississippi, I know they don't always welcome women into that position. You know, how did you maneuver and stay steadfast and forthright in what what you believed your calling was as far as preaching goes? It's a very good question. Let me tell you about it. Um, I accepted my call in the ministry at 16. Mm-hmm. So I was a high school student preaching to the high school kids. I grew up in the Methodist church. And the Methodist church, you know, we had women. Um, we Now, we just got our first female bishop in 2010. But before then, a lot of our elders and pastors were women. That really wasn't the issue of getting in, being accepted in the Methodist church, whether it was CME, AME, AME Zion, and even some United Methodist churches. But of course, you know, there were the Baptist churches that I uh, just had to learn how to sit in the in the pew and not worry about the pulpit. And that was fine with me because then you could see on my face when you say something. I'm like, huh? <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Anyway, um, so really being accepted in the ministry there wasn't bad until I accepted my calling at 16. I got pregnant at 18. And I had to go before the church and apologize like I got myself pregnant. That was when things got difficult. Um, Mm. It was being a female single mama that made it difficult for me. But even now, as I look back, once I left Mississippi, now when I was in Mississippi, in North Mississippi, um, I did not have any support. When I moved to South Mississippi, that is a bit more progressive, Jackson, Mississippi area, I was accepted. And actually, that was where I got my first pastoral appointment. Um, and they, they darn near adopted my child from me. So they were very receptive. And then once I moved to Birmingham, it really wasn't a problem because by then our bishop was a woman. My elder was a woman. My pastor was a woman. I was on the staff with three other women that were that were preachers with her, so you know, didn't have a whole lot of problem with that. Yeah. Okay. I say. I mean, it seems like no matter what the trials and tribulations are, our path is always made uh, clear for us to to move through. We, for sure. we always have um, spirit on our side. So, kudos. Um, is there anything that you're working on now or how can people get in contact with you? How can people find you, participate in any of your ventures, books? Give us give us the deets and the information. Right now, um, I, well, I, I don't think I mentioned, I have a food page, kind of like a blog mm-hmm. with about 15,000 followers. And I used to do... Um, monthly food truck events and probably we'll go back to doing it this summer mm-hmm. um when we find a new venue because our old venue they they sold their business they closed down so of course you can find me at any of these wonderful events that i throw i always have good music good food um i'm on social media uh you can find me at dr jasmine t agnew i'm on linkedin same thing dr jasmine t agnew uh don't find me on TikTok, because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I found ain't, nothing, ain't nothing educational on there. 
not nothing. So I found you on TikTok. Found TikTok. <laughs> Don't tell nobody that. Um, but yeah, find me on social media. I'm there. Jasmine What's the T. Name of the uh Calera Eats. Actually, I have Calera Eats, Alabaster Eats, Bibb County Eats, and Alabama Eats. The one that I manage the most, I have admins for the other ones. The one that I'm on more more often is Calera Eats. That's the one that has about twelve thousand followers. Oh, we're right at twelve thousand followers. Wow. Okay. And we talk about food. I was on there talking about Chick Fil A this morning. They out of chicken strips. Closed down. Like, why are you open? <laughs> wasting my time. Hey, that's, that's the Lord's chicken. I was called to eat chicken strips. I don't want no nuggets. <laughs> I know that's right. So I ask everybody the same question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the responses. They're always okay. Different. If you could close your eyes, sneeze, and wake up tomorrow and have a wish come true, what would your wish for Black people be? A open mind and a growth mindset. Say more. We got we gotta wanna we gotta wanna do more and do better, see more, not only for ourselves but for others. And not look at everything that happens as a challenge, but look at it as an opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Um when some of us do well, we get these titles, we get these letters behind our name. It's almost as if we forget that there was one time where we that wasn't where we were. So instead of taking that as an opportunity for you to flex, why don't you take that as an opportunity to help somebody else to get to where they need to be? I share my story because I want you to see that uh, for all of those that said I couldn't, I'm going to show you that I absolutely can. I want everybody to have that. If there's something that you see yourself doing and there's something that you want to achieve, do not let your current circumstances hinder your future progress. And if there's any noun that is hindering your progress, let it go. Let it go and surround yourself by people and a good energy that can encourage you to do your best and be your best self. There are often times where you have to be your own cheerleader, but you always have to have that mindset of saying that these challenges will not stop me. They may slow me down, but they're not going to completely stop me in my progress. And you just have to keep pushing. There were times when I was just like, I don't think that I'm going to be able to finish this or I don't think that I'm going to be able to do this. But the most high said, yes, you will. Just keep pushing. As long as you're living and breathing and thinking your brain is working, keep doing it. And you're and you're able. There, let me tell you something. There were times when I couldn't even move my limbs to speak. But let me tell you what I could do. I had a cell phone. I would turn it on to record and I would dictate a whole paper. I would take that paper once I did get well, put it into a system. That system would format it for me and I would turn it in. It wasn't going to stop me those hindrances they weren't gonna stop me i had a goal and i was determined to reach that goal it's just like if you're running a race and you see the finish line nobody said that your course would always be smooth nobody said that there wouldn't be things in your way that there wouldn't be things that would stop you or slow that would slow you down or you would have to go around and even hold you back for just a moment but you got to keep pushing to get to where you want to be i wanted to be dr j years ago I wanted to be Dr. J. I wanted to be Dr. I wanted to be the other Dr. Agnew. Not my mama. Mm-hmm. Not my cousin who has her doctorate in ministry. Not my cousin who passed that is an attorney. Not my cousin that does general medicine. Not any of the six of us. My brother, who's not Agnew, he's a barrest. 
that has a doctor that's doing his doctor in business. I didn't want to be them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be Dr. J. I wanted to be Dr. J to show these girls in inner city schools that felt like they couldn't, that they could. I wanted to be Dr. J to show these young men that thought because of their environment that they'd never be able to get out, that they absolutely can. I wanted to show these women with babies that thought that they were going to be hindered, that, that you wouldn't. You absolutely can. I wanted to show the ones that had to fight to get out of bad relationships, that were in broken homes, victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Hell, I was raped on my job by the security guard and no, and was encouraged not to report it because just because my baby didn't have no daddy didn't mean the other people, them kids needed to grow up without their daddy. So I can tell you about a whole different kind of hell. But there was nothing going to stop me from getting to where I wanted to be. I saw the finish line and I was determined to get there. It has to be a point to where you just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there. I'm going to surround myself with people and resources to get me there. Never think that you can. Always know that you can. Black people, we can. (laughs) We are not the same people that we were 50, 60 years ago. This is a different generation. You can you absolutely can. And if nothing else, reach out to people that have and they can show you how you can. I'm one of those people. So if anybody needs to know, what do I need to do? I got a whole page. I got a whole phone. I got a whole <laughs> Facebook. Find me and I'll help you. Yeah. I'll talk to you. Yeah. No matter and who you are, where you're from. Our ancestors 50, 60 years ago were all about that life. So about that life. Use that as inspiration as you move forward about what can be done because their circumstances were very different. Than very ours, different. And they very moved way. So we come from a legacy of people who, who do the damn thing, you know? Yep. Um, so let's well, do it. You are. I'm blessed, man. I'm sitting here now thinking about it in two weeks. They're going to here and pluck my brain up and fix my skull. But God is so good. Even See, now. I wouldn't want to bring that up. Yeah. I would, you're so transparent. I love it. I, that's how I live. You know. Yeah. You, it's um, another story because it's it's some other people. Uh, intracranial hypertension is prevalent among Black women that are overweight and of childbearing age. When your pressure gets so high and it's left untreated, it will cause a thinning in your skull, and there'll be a crack. And that crack, Black brain matter will flow through it. And then what you got to do? They got to go in there and fix your skull. And that's what we're doing. But I'm up. I'm still functioning. I'm still yeah. thinking. I'm still yeah. breathing. I wake up every morning. I open my eyes. I can still see. I got stuff to do. Okay. And 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 so you're going into this now. This is a little bit of a press question. You're going into the surgery. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to see you on the calls, am I? Mm, no. Good. That's all. Not for, the first, not for the first week. And that second week, you're going to see me with all this packing up my nose. Like, what, you, what are we talking about? No. We just did a whole podcast, sis. <laughs> no, I probably won't. I probably won't be back. No, good, 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 I'll be good. out for a while. Good. I mean, you know, I'm still coming up there, so I have to love on you and hug on you. Yes. But, um, Come see about me. Thank you so much for being on here. You're very um, welcome. You are a gem. You are just this beautiful cute woman with a mind of i don't know mega mind it's like all of that is in there and you are just special and well, yes i said cute because it's just it's like i don't look i don't look 41 
You know you don't. First of all, rarely do black people look their age. But you know you don't look no 41. My boyfriend looks like 27. Like, when we first met, I was like, well, let me see your ID. Because I don't believe you're 43. <laughs> and that's correct. Yes. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, let me see that ID. And he got braces and everything. I'm like, whose child are you? I'm like, I'm going to jail. Do I know your mama? Where your mama? Yeah. Where your mama? Yeah, we, um, we do. Black don't crack. You know. It don't. Thank you, everyone, to uh, who listens to Black Oasis, who's watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share. And until next time, stay black, but you don't really have a choice. And lucky you. Peace. <laughs> lucky you. <laughs>